from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Last night, Wake Forest with the win over the Duke Blue Devils. We'll get into that in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, why I'm not... I mean, great win for Wake Forest last night, but I'm just one big shoulder shrug for Duke's loss last night in Winston-Salem for a variety of reasons. But right now, it's time to answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked the dog, uh. All right, first question here comes from William Needham Finley the fourth. Mm. Hey Joe, do you think fans from multiple schools will team up to raise NIL money to lure players away from their common rivals? For example, what if every fan base in the nation donated to an NIL fund that paid Drew Timmy to go play for the University of Siberia? Basically, U-S-A-I-P-T-A-Y. U-S-A-I-P-T-A? Yeah, U-S-A-I-P-T-A. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That that is that is that is some that is some next level thinking when it comes to NIL collectives. I guess. I guess what some schools are finding out is that you don't have as much money as you think you do in your fan base. Can we also just like pause to recognize the that it's ludicrous that NIL exists and the players don't get any access to the money that they help generate in media rights deals? Uh, oh, I, I am. Can we, can we just pause I'm for right you. now? Because once again, the schools have found a way, even after the finger wagging from the Supreme Court, to mm. say. Yeah, see, the thing is, that's our money. Mm -hmm. And if we want to create a, you know, 14 different senior associate to the uh, vice regional managers, we will. Because the last thing we'll do is actually let the athletes share in the revenue that they help generate. Yeah, how many Dwight Schrutes exist in an athletic department? In any given one? In any given uh, one. Probably 30 to 40. I would guess. I would guess that's the case, yes. No, I mean, look... Uh, the schools finally got hip to it. I mean, did you see Florida State the other day when they talked about how, yeah, 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 because they, they just broke ground on a new facility. And this is something that Florida State's been begging for sure. for a long time. They finally, Jimbo, yeah. They're finally getting it. Yeah, Jimbo wanted this thing, right? It's always the previous coach who wanted something. They move on, and then the next coach Tom gets O'Brien, it. Uh, indoor practice facility. Yep, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, so Florida State was taking shots at, at Clemson because they were like, yeah, this football facility is putting athletes first in their needs. It's not about a slide or a putt-putt oh. course or whatever. Look, this is all what Greg Schiano said months ago, the Rutgers head coach saying, hey, man, I don't need money for facilities. I need money for these guys. So now the the burden is on the boosters. The fans. Yeah. The, bur the Once burden again, is on the boosters. The fans to pay. Think of the audacity of that. And a Big Ten school where they're about to get $75 million dude, per year. Dude, when, Tennessee, media rights. when Tennessee started a GoFundMe page to replace their field goal posts as though an SEC school it. with the and television deal. And they got it because <laughs> fans, fans are easy to be duped like that. But, yeah, never forget that Tennessee put it out there. Here's a link for a GoFundMe to pay for new goalposts because we just don't have the money. It's expensive. You mean an SEC school with an SEC television deal that picks in that packs in how many people in that stadium? A uh, hundred thousand plus. You can't afford some new goalposts. Mm. Got it. It's on the fans. Tough times. Hard times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dusty. Thank you, Dusty Rose. No more coffee in the break hard, room. Just hard times. Next up. Say it ain't so, Joe. 
Say it ain't so. All right, next one comes from Justin. Hey, Joe, which is the bigger lie? UNC claiming not to be able to play NIL ball with the big boys or Russell Wilson's version of being thrown out of Raleigh? Uh, yes. The answer to that is yes. I don't think Carolina's lying. No. And, and just to get back to that point about Boo Corrigan, Bubba Cunningham, Nina King, mm-hmm. from that Mike White, Notre Dame tree, mm-hmm. like they, uh, Jim Phillips, as mm-hmm. we've seen, like they legitimately believe in the student athlete model. Oh, sure. The yeah, collegiate model, the amateur very big, model. Big, yeah, they very they big believe big in the experience, they believe in an opportunity. So uh, that's a leadership position that I they truly want to stand behind it could be modified you look at carolina like i said armando baycott is a star at carolina mm-hmm. and I, for however many years you could have said well why don't they just sell his jersey i hope they do and i hope the player gets a cut of it you know why don't they let him do a commercial i know he does certain stuff on social media where you know he has said or his family has said that he'll make more than a million dollars in nil incentives this year which is great but that's different from somebody saying hey i'm gonna pay you to come here and i, and I don't I don't know if there's a willingness to do that with these schools yet. Yeah, that's that's the that's the key part here, the willingness. Um, I also do wonder where the willingness for each program will come through. This will be a yeah. yet another reminder of who prioritizes what at each school. This is it's basically Mac Brown is back in 1997 all over again, where I think if Carolina truly felt strongly about a particular player to come through or to keep them. They'll find a way for basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm saying anything that's out of turn with that, right? If they want, if they truly wanted to take care of a guy for basketball, they would. I don't know if that. I don't know if that want to factor from boosters would be there for football players outside of somebody like a Drake May. After this past season, and their the 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 all of their recruits not named Drake May, yeah, performed at the level that they did. Yeah, that's the other part of this that people have to realize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You get what you pay for, and the market will always find its level. Nigel Pack is a guy I'm keeping my eye on all season. Remember, he was at Kansas State. Remember, his asking price was eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. He's averaging ten points a game right now for Miami. Now Miami's in first place. They're not in first place because of Nigel Pack, though. Well, I mean, if everything follows uh, how it typically goes, I don't see any sort of correction. You still see guys who oh. you still see coaches get. True. You, you still get you, see, you still see coaches get paydays that you go. Wait a minute, what now? Mel Tucker, so, James Franklin. Because that's what the market is. But the market will find its level with the players. We'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see. I'm not ready to make any predictions. Think about Miami today. They had the number one recruiting class, right? Mm-hmm. Miami has the most money. They have a billionaire who's just handing out money, who's made it his life's cause to make sure they, Miami's relevant again. They could be the next Texas A&M. They're already there. So, so we'll <laughs> see. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next up. I got a proposition for you. All right, next one comes from Evan. Hey, Joe, which Home Alone booby trap do you think would be the most – you'd be best at avoiding, which one would be the most painful? So it is Home Alone season. If if you turn on Freeform, you will see just – it's on all the time. I think yesterday they ran through Home Alone 1 and 2, right? As they should. <laughs> so – And I probably watched. 
I I did not. I, I have not watched. I have not watched. So I'm, I'm thinking about the. Have you seen Home Alone, Julia? You have not seen Home Alone. Okay. Seriously. When it came out in the theaters, nobody took you. Came out in 1990, so you'd be I, 14 years old. I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was not interested in anything about Macaulay McCulkin or something. Oh, I, for, I, like baby you, school you, I was going to say I forgot. I, you and I have had these conversations off air. I forgot when you turned 13. For when you were in eighth grade, you were focused, <laughs> focused. on one thing yes. and one thing only. Apparently. It was not Macaulay Culkin. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. I was 11 when that movie came out, and yeah, I also never really had a good cable setup. Mm-hmm. To watch movies on cable, like I'm sure it was on HBO for however long while I, I was in high school. I see. Didn't have HBO, so. All right, so here are the list of the booby traps. You tell me, Julio, what you think is. Yes, Dennis. Are we going strictly Home Alone? Home or Alone. Are we also including no, Home Alone Two. No, we're not going to include Home Alone Two. Okay, because that 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 changes. Things. We I recognize Home Alone and Home Alone only. So, wow. uh, how would you handle getting shot in the groin with a BB gun? Mm. Not well. I think I can handle that. It's just a BB gun. <laughs> uh Ice-covered steps <laughs> approaching the front door. And that we're not doing a radio bit with the uh, the BB gun. So ice-covered steps on the front door. Not well. Couldn't, like, understand it's ice-covered and you would mm-hmm. not you would not tread carefully? No. Okay. So at one point, Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, uh, puts a heating element on the doorknob on the inside, thus heating the doorknob on the outside. I think it was Harry who ends up grabbing the doorknob and has the McAllister mm-hmm. emblem seared into his into the palm of his hand. Okay. How would you handle that? Uh, I'm okay with heat. I burn myself regularly. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, a blowtorch to the head. Not the not the heat, but the actual metal object being. No, the blowtorch. Like I don't think the product in your hair would do well with that. No, it would it not would go up and. No, it would not. Okay, uh, I think at one point he walks into a plastic wrap covered with caulking glue mm-hmm. and then gets blasted with feathers that blow from a fan. So he looks like a chicken. Yeah, okay that's, easy. That. that's easy. Yep. That's easy. Uh, at one point on the stairs, McAllister puts micro machines at the foot of the stairs. Would you slip and fall on that? Yes, I would. Okay, gotcha. Let's see what else happened. Uh, paint can that has been swung from the top of the stairs into your face. Not, yeah, I would not, you do not handle that. that well. No, let's see what uh, let's see. Tripped on a wire, fell unconscious. Don't, don't forget about Marv's venture. No, no, I'm getting the Marv. Oh, okay. These are all Harry's. Okay. Um, and then obviously, you get hit in the hit in the, hit in the head by a shovel with so old the man Marv. premise of this movie is Macaulay Culkin, who's how old in the movie? I want to say he's like nine or ten. Nine, he's he like, comes up with all of these booby traps on his, on own, his own while he's home alone. Yes, as his family left him left for Paris him for Christmas. Yes, okay. on purpose. I'm pretty. Pretty sure it was on purpose, because he okay. was kind of an ass. Okay. Like actually, the entire family—they're all jerks. Like they're terrible to each other. It's the strangest thing. Anyway, uh, Marv did get hit in the forehead with a BB gun. Uh, there was the ice-covered stairway into the basement. Uh, he got hit uh, as he fell down the laundry chute. He lost his shoes and socks while going up tar-covered basement with stairs, and he jams a nail into his foot. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. I don't know the iron to the face. See, all those other things are whatever, but there's one moment in Home Alone that gets me every single time where I go, Ugh! and that is when uh, when Marv steps on that nail, and it just even talking about it has me all worked up. So Home Alone is the reason that Chris Columbus got to make all of the other bad movies in his life that he made. 
I think he made other movies before that, did he not? Or was oh. that was his breakthrough? Chris Columbus made the first Harry Potter movie. I know that. Right. And then it was okay. It was whatever. And then I think there were a bunch of bad movies that, he, that I have seen. I'm trying okay. to find the... The Lighthouse is the one that I'm thinking of. Right? No. No. I thought The Lighthouse was with What's-His-Face. Uh, it was a black and white movie, was it not? That recently came out. No, I'm 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 losing track here. Regardless, go uh, watch. He's made a lot of movies. Go go watch Home Alone. Okay, yeah, seriously. Go watch Home Alone, and I want you to report Nine back. Nine months was awful. Okay, go watch Home Alone. Report back to me how awful the family is to each other. Yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to watch this. Why not? Why? I I just don't have an interest in it. What? Watch it with your kids. See what they think. My kids are in high school. My kids don't want to spend any time with me and watch a movie with me. What are you, crazy? Fair enough. <laughs> Next up. How you doing? It's so disappointing, all of this. From Martin. Hey, Joe, if you're, going, if you're going to contextualize UNC's early season struggles, shouldn't we do the same for Duke after it's lost to Wake? I mean, you know what? Yes. Yes, we can contextualize that. Tell you what. We'll, uh, we'll hit update, and we'll get into hoops from last night. Uh, Miami at home with a nice win over Virginia. Uh, Miami showing you that they're actually one of the top teams in the league. Pitt, you know, I, I dismissed NC State's loss at home to Pitt, but Pitt, I think, has won eight of their last nine. Um, got a nice win last night. And then, yeah, Wake Forest beat Duke, uh, something that Steve Forbes had not done yet at Wake Forest. That's top a top 25 team that's going to help their NCAA tournament chances. We'll get into that next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The last night, Wake Forest beats Duke. Clearly, things are different for John Shire than it was for Mike Krzyzewski. Two reasons. First one, Gilio, is something that you've loved to point out about John Shire or anybody else that might have been filling in for Coach K when he got sick or couldn't do whatever. You ain't getting the calls, man. You ain't getting the calls. The second part was nobody rushed the court last night. Wake Forest tops Duke. Who's ranked? Who's ranked? Yeah. Number 14 last night. Didn't rush the court. And Steve Forbes was happy about that. He's like, yeah, we don't. We want to make this a thing. Let's not act like we haven't been here before, that sort of stuff. Uh, but there's a key piece of context to Duke's night last night. They didn't have two of their best players. <laughs> and that's been kind of an issue for John Shire's first season at Duke, replacing Coach K, in that Tariq Whitehead and Derek Lively were not available last night. Be curious to see when they actually come back. Not to say that Duke doesn't have good players still, uh, but last night their biggest issue was they couldn't shoot. They were eight of twenty-seven from three last night. Uh, they did try to make things somewhat close, but yeah. they didn't have enough. Look, John Shire's first team, remember, was put together, and the transition was such so that Shire could go out and recruit a team and put one together. Right? That's why we went through all the stuff we went through last year with Mike Shevsky. That's why they couldn't have the super secret retirement it had to be all public it had to be this public transition right you know army style west point style because that's the way that mike shashevsky wanted it part of that transition was derek whitehead the number two overall player in the class and Derek lively 
the number three overall player in the class. It was to secure, secure them, have them in your lineup, and be ready to go. Through multiple injuries, they have not been ready to go, and at the worst time of the year. Okay, do you, do I think they're magically going to get healthy? And Duke is magically going to snap their fingers and make a miracle run with these two guys. Do I think that's going to happen? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Do I think they're good enough to make the tournament without those players? Well, sh surely so far what we've seen with the wins that they have out of the league. Yeah, they Duke's lost to the to the two really good teams on their on their schedule. Yeah, Kansas and Purdue. But they did beat Ohio State and they did beat Xavier, who we have to give them credit for, and they beat Iowa. Yeah, the Iowa wins a good one. But you know what that makes Duke. Makes them a first round, you know, probably losing the round of thirty two kind of team. Well they what? won't make it no no no. With with their current configuration, without those two becoming what those two could be, yeah. They're not getting out of the first weekend of the tournament. They're not. Well, I don't like playing that game this early. Okay. Uh, I, I just don't. Uh, well just I, but look at the parts. Okay? Mm -hmm. I thought of you last night. I was watching Virginia because they are our Wahoos. Yeah. And you had compared them to the twenty nineteen team, in part because they can score. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching last night, I like to play a little game called Find the Pro. Yeah, yeah. Virginia doesn't have one. They don't have one. They have a good college team. Please don't get me wrong. They do. They don't have one. That, and you that, look, you that look 2019 at the, squad had, had pros on Now you look at Duke this year. Yeah. Now what is Duke used to having? A pro, a dude, a lottery yeah. pick. Whitehead was supposed to be that guy. Mm. Lively was supposed to be one of those guys. Now, Lively's a big. Okay? We don't know, though. A true big. That's well, the thing. I've seen enough of Lively to know what he what his role is whitehead's supposed to be a jason tatum yeah he's supposed to be a scoring wing yeah he's supposed to be the guy driving the bus sure hasn't been healthy enough to do that that's the thing lively is like mark williams last year he, he's a five a true five he's not gonna step back like paolo bencaro and, and handle mm -hmm. the ball and all these other things yeah, but mark williams made himself some money last year he did he did but that's what that's the that's the type that lively is mm -hmm. you look at the, re the rest of the roster filipowski's gonna be picked in the first round no doubt um but he's a uh, he's an ancillary player He's a sporting cast player. We also saw the limitations of Ryan Young last night, too. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason that you ended up at North Northwestern to begin with, right? Like, our brains are so warped from the last few years in the ACC. Mm -hmm. Alondis Williams averaged six points a game at Oklahoma. He comes in at Wake Forest. He's the player of the year. Look at Brady Manning last Car year. Carleek Jones is at Radford, and you're going, who the heck is this guy? And he comes in, and he, he drags the carcass of Louisville into the NCAA well, tournament. He's not the only Northwestern player in the triangle no, there's a bunch of them that people have expectations for there's a bunch of them look right up the way with pete nance for sure. heaven's sake uh who had the big shot in the win over ohio state here's my thing with duke all of this is a big shoulder shrug right now until i see duke whole all right and That's develop asking you it's december like when are they going to get whole and develop don't know. They might not ever do that, and then okay. I'll revisit it then. I'm just saying I'm I'm still in wait and see mode I, right I now. I do think they are good enough with Roach and Filipowski and some of the other parts. Yeah, but it's not to make the tournament. Yeah, to make the tournament. It's do you know who would you know walk over broken glass and then gouge out their eyes and pour mace in their every orifice of their body to make the NCAA tournament? NC State. Yeah. Okay. So there is something to being good enough to make the tournament. For Duke, without these superstar players. Well, Louisville comes to town on Thursday. Yes, they do. I mean, poor, 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 poor Louisville. NC State's what an eighteen-point favorite. You told me NC State's an eighteen-point favorite. I, I, I mean, we would be hard pressed to find the last time even those awful Boston College teams where NC State was an eighteen-point favorite. If NC State's not going to lose on Thursday, are they? I do not think NC State's going to lose okay. on Thursday to Louisville. But in fairness to Louisville, if you actually, I know they just lost to Lipscomb, and they didn't care. We saw Lipscomb a couple years ago in the NIT. 
uh, at, at Reynolds Coliseum. They beat NC State. I don't. They're not a bad program. If you actually look at Louisville's losses, they've played. They've just played a lot of good teams. Yeah. Now there are some losses on there where you're like, okay, you should not lose at home to App State. Like last night. Ever. Last night's one. No, of I don't know. Lipscomb. Nah, last night. Lipscomb they... and Bellarmine to me are tournament proven teams. Okay. Last night, Louisville, to a man, all said, yeah, we weren't taking them seriously. That's an indictment on coaching. Well, that's a problem. Yes. That's an indictment on coaching. That's an indictment on the players. Like, you are not, you should be taking everybody seriously, given your record right sure, now. Sure, but what I'm saying, if you look at it, they lost by a point to Bellarmine. They sure. lost by a point to Wright State. Sure. They lost by a point to App State. Arkansas is a Final Four type team. Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Maryland, Miami, Florida. You know, Florida State's the one that you look at and you go, okay, well, wait, what happened there? Then they beat Western Kentucky, beat A&M, lost to Lipscomb by eight last night. Meanwhile, North Carolina is back in action tonight against Michigan. Uh, all eyes are going to be on the Tar Heels and where they go after what many are wondering or have already made the declaration that the Ohio State game was a breakthrough game for them. Hubert Davis questioned their toughness. They responded. They pulled that out in overtime against a, a, pretty, a pretty good Ohio State team that we had talked about earlier. Duke could beat at home. That's another one of those, I'm not ready to declare anything. I feel like this week, because they're at Madison Square Garden and a lot of the college basketball national writers were there for the CBS Classic, it was time to unleash all of the Hubert Davis features this week. Okay. Which is fine. I know how the game is played. It just happened to be Hubert Davis's turn for the features. But I am a little concerned, or I would be as concerned as Hubert Davis would be at the beginning of the season when he talked about yellow flags, that we shouldn't be talking about hunger. We shouldn't be talking about want to. All that stuff was set there for the Tar Heels after what happened in the NCAA tournament, after they were a game away from winning it all last year. A half away. I mean, these guys, and he also got guys like Armando Baycott and Leaky Black, who've been around long enough, going all the way back to the Roy Williams days, that they know what the deal is. So I find it kind of strange that we're once again having the hunger discourse around North Carolina. There shouldn't be one. They should understand what it's about. You talked about Duke magically flipping some sort of switch. I know that North Carolina feels like they can do it because they did it last year. did it last year. Well, it ain't last year. No, it's not. It's not as easy. Different parts. Different parts, and it's not as easy to just turn it back on again. One major part. When you are in this position. Plus, you were surprising people last year. Mm -hmm. You're not surprising anybody this year. So I don't like the conversation around North Carolina. Maybe my expectations around North Carolina are more, even though I understood that last year is entirely possible it was a hot streak and they can't replicate it. But if you're going to position them as the number one team in the country to start the season, if they have national championship implications, I need to see it on a consistent basis. And one game against Ohio State where your coach questioned you at a point where why is he still questioning you, man, that's not a good sign for me. So I want to see it again. From the Tar Heels tonight against nice another, tonight. yeah, because you know Ohio State was Ohio State was their first actual like good win mm-hmm. against a tournament team. See if they could do it again. We'll see tonight against Michigan. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.